Do you think work can change the world? Do you have a little rebel in you? If you said yes, this is your podcast. You don't have to settle for bad management, bad leadership, and bad workplaces. There are better ways. Let's find them together. I'm your host, Stosh D. Walsh, and this is Insubordinate. Better workplaces, better world. Welcome to the program, Insubordinate, Better Workplaces, Better World. A lot of you have said to me that you've been looking forward to this. I have too. I'm honored by that and grateful for your attention and for your tuning in. Quiet quitting. You've heard this term. It started to get popular. It's running around viral now on LinkedIn. It actually started with someone on TikTok. I want to talk a little bit about quiet quitting, what it is, and bottom line up front, quiet quitting is a lose-lose proposition. I want to talk about why that is, but also get to some of the really important things about it because there's definitely an element of quiet quitting that is worth our attention and worth thinking about. And I want to leave you with some really practical tips about what you should do as an individual if you're thinking about quiet quitting and what organizations can do to make sure that people aren't quiet quitting on them. Quiet quitting kind of started out as a thing because somebody got on TikTok and basically said, hey, I'm going to take a couple of steps back in my workplace and not do as much as I did before and called it quiet quitting, like they were going to stay in their job, but just not do as much. I'm oversimplifying there, but that's basically the gist of it. That got a lot of attention because whoever this person was started talking about this in ways that were really public and saying, I'm taking a step back. I'm going to have some better boundaries. I'm going to do less. I'm going to make this more transactional. I'm going to do whatever I think is, is right to the level that I feel like I'm getting compensated fairly, that sort of thing. And so in essence, quiet quitting is individuals deciding to do what's required, but not going above and beyond. I think the first question we really have to think about is why does this happen? And in my mind, one of the big reasons why this happens is because people are not clear on what's expected and what's extra. That's squarely on the doorstep of the the workplace, the organization, because that needs to be super, super clear. And we'll get into that later. But the, the notion that there could be anybody who's not clear on what's expected and what constitutes above and beyond is a significant problem. That needs to be 100% clear to everybody because if someone feels like they have to go above and beyond just to do the things that they need to accomplish at work, that's not sustainable. That's just plain old not sustainable. And Or they have to do things like raise money to make their budget or spend their own money. Like one of the articles I read in researching for this episode was about a teacher who said she was going to quiet quit. And one of the things that she cited was that she's been spending her own money for her classroom supplies. And that's a legitimate concern, 100%. Having said that, is that required by your employer? Does your employer say to you, well, if you really want all the things that you want for your classroom, you have to spend your own money? My guess is probably not, but th- that's a concern that this person has because they want to do the best job they can. And the cold hard reality is I think most people come to work wanting to do a good job. When people come to work wanting to do a good job and they feel for some reason that they either can't or shouldn't, then quiet quitting is a significant 
danger for that particular workplace. It happens for a lot of different reasons, but I think one of the big ones is expectations. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But one of the core things too that's worth talking about in this is that associates and organizations will always be at odds. People are wired to want meaning. Organizations are wired to transact. Meaning doesn't come from a transactional posture. Quiet quitting is lose-lose because individuals stop making meaning and organizations therefore aren't challenged to transcend transaction. Everybody loses. What we want in our workplaces is to feel like what we're doing matters. And what we want in our workplaces is to feel like we're going to be compensated and rewarded and that we're going to be able to be engaged and we're going to be able to fulfill a mission and bring the best parts of ourselves to that mission. And if that doesn't happen, then sure, quiet quitting is a totally legitimate option. This, though, is one of those there's nothing new under the sun things. This is rooted in engagement. Quiet quitting basically is just people publicly moving from being engaged to being not engaged. Quick primer on engagement. Engagement in essence, is discretionary energy devoted to a workplace concern. Being engaged is being a person who's willing to devote that energy. Quiet quitting is saying, I'm not going to devote that energy anymore. I'm going from being engaged to being not engaged. There's a significant difference, though, between that and being disengaged. Disengaged are people who are trying to burn the joint down. So they're moving from, I'm just going to transact here. I'm not engaged. That's what quiet quitting does. There's another step beyond that, though, that says, hey, I'm out. I'm going to actively try to break down the fiber of this organization. That's a significant problem. Those are people who decided that they're literally retired on active duty. They're not even trying to bring any part of themselves to work anymore. That's not what quiet quitting is doing. Quiet quitting is saying, I'm not giving anybody anything extra anymore. I'm just transacting. I'm just here for the paycheck. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and that's it. They're removing that discretionary energy. They're still providing energy to the workplace, but they're not putting in any more than they know they have to. They're just sort of saying, I'm backing off. And that's not new. We've been studying engagement for decades. And in essence, the, the move from engaged to not engaged happens all the time. What I think we're missing in this broader conversation, though, about quiet quitting is that that is a moment in time situation. It's a moment in time decision. So it's possible to be moving from engaged to not engaged and then back. It's not a one time forever kind of thing. And I think quiet quitting is positioning it like it's a one time forever decision, like you're just going to back off and stop giving discretionary energy indefinitely and yet stay on the job. I don't think that's necessarily what people are doing. And I don't think that's necessarily what people want to do. Now, that's maybe the thing that the this new quiet quitting movement is bringing to the forefront. People saying, hey, I'm going to teach you how to quiet quit is a, a significant departure from what we've seen in the past. There's this mindset that maybe it's not as circumstantial as what other approaches have been in terms of engagement over time. That's definitely something worth considering, definitely something that's worth looking into, especially if you are an organization or a leader in an organization. 
managing a team, thinking about that with people and how they connect with and engage with the workplace. Another thing that's important to think about with this is that individuals are responsible for their own motivation. Quiet quitting is basically saying, hey, look, I'm not motivated anymore. And again, our motivation ebbs and flows. It's not a forever kind of thing. I'm not going to be motivated all the time for any one thing. There are going to be days when I wake up and decide I'm not really that motivated because circumstantially something has happened or because I didn't get a great night's sleep or because there's a busy time of year or whatever. And there's going to be less motivated than I was earlier, even in a particular day. Individuals are responsible for their own motivation. Organizations and leaders and managers are responsible for inspiration. Let me say that again. Individuals are responsible for motivation. Organizations and leaders are responsible for inspiration. Organizations and leaders need to be talking about meaning. They need to be talking about what's important and why so that people can feel motivated to achieve those common goals and to engage the customer or the audience or the stakeholder, whoever it is that the organization is trying to serve or trying to interact with. So quiet quitting is in part a response to not having that inspiration, not having that meaning. And even if a person can manufacture it on their own, again, it's difficult to sustain that over a period of time, especially if other factors are playing in and tempting a person to be less engaged. So let's get really practical here. What should individuals do if they're unhappy and considering quiet quitting? I think there's several things that individuals can do. The first one is have the conversation. Don't just quiet quit and say, well, my employer didn't do what I think they needed to do, or I'm giving too much and I'm tired of it. So I'm just going to back off and quiet quit. If you do that, you're not giving the organization an opportunity to think about how they could do it differently. So have the conversation. Start with expectations. What is the expectation here? What am I required to do? What is the outcome that we desire? What kind of energy do I need to invest in order to be able to achieve that outcome? How am I going to be measured? What is the expectation? That is a core component. In fact, one of the most popular engagement surveys in the world, that's the very first question is about expectations. So have the conversations, make sure that it gets out there. Talk with an individual manager, somebody that you trust at work, somebody who has the power to actually do something about it and bring that to their attention. The second one is own your inclinations. If you're inclined to quiet quit, start thinking a little bit about what's behind that and how satisfied, how engaged, how happy, how much joy does this job bring me? Is this the place that I want to be? And has that changed? Or is this something that is more circumstantial or seasonal or do that I have other things going on in my life? What's my inclination here? That's the thing that is important to own. The third thing is identifying how you feel and why. My sense is that quiet quitting is in part rooted in underappreciation as much as it is about clarity and expectations and outcomes and measurement and compensation. It, there are myriad things, but how people feel is critically important. And so if we're talking about human beings, how someone feels about the work that they're doing, how someone feels about how they're being recognized for that work, how someone feels about the impact or the outcomes of that work and why 
those are critically important things to examine for individuals as they're engaging with their environment, as they're thinking about how they move about their workspace. So identifying how you feel and why, because that can get you to the bottom of what is motivating me or not, and why am I thinking about quiet quitting? Number four is ask for what you want. If you're quiet quitting because you're not getting something specific, ask for it. It's not fair to whoever it is that you're taking a step back from. It's not fair to them if you haven't asked them for what you want and you decide that you're going to take that step backwards. So ask for what you want. Number five, understand that life and work are seasonal. I'll give you an example. Earlier on in my career, I traveled 70%. So I was on the road 30 to 35 weeks a year. And that was a taxing time, but it was something that I did because I enjoyed it. It's something that I did because I was building my career. It's something that I did because I was excited about the potential impact that I could have with the clients I was working with, with the individual learners I was working with, because I was leading a lot of seminars at that stage of my career. And it was also a time when my family was very young. So if I said to my kids at that point on a Monday, I'm leaving, I'll see you later. I'll talk to you again on the phone and on FaceTime, but I won't be home until Thursday. My, my kids were too young to have a concept of what Monday to Thursday actually looked like. And so in that sense, it was a time where I could do more of that and have it be less impactful in some ways. But as they got older and as that season passed, they became more aware of that and they had more objections to that. And so I needed to change that. And so that for me, that was about having a conversation about expectations, having a conversation about impact, having a conversation about what I wanted and how I felt about the the work that I was doing and what I could be doing better or differently or in addition in terms of my career in order to be satisfying the the desire that I had for impact and for meaning and for growth. But that wasn't a quiet quit on my part because I wasn't just saying, okay, well, I'm not going to do the traveling anymore. I'm not giving this extra part of me. It's just seasonal. Life and work is seasonal. And so it's okay to identify a season where you're maybe not giving as much as you once did or doing things differently than you once did. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to quote unquote quiet quit. Number six, be true to who you are. It is critically important to make sure that you have integrity in how you're interacting with your workplace and the people in it. If you feel like moving backwards, taking a step back, being less engaged is the right thing to do for you or the right thing to do for your family. And you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is the best pathway for me to move forward. And you are willing to have that conversation with someone, then more power to you. Be true to who you are. It's 100% okay. You don't owe anybody anything. And it's okay for you to say, this is not for me at this moment in time. And think about what that pathway looks like farther than just this particular month or this particular season. And what's that longitudinal look and how does that play out for you over time? Finally, number seven, articulate meaning at work for yourself. Make sure that you're going out of your way to say, here's what meaning looks like for me. Here's what I want out of work. And then make sure that you're doing what you need to do to create it. Because you can't 
evaluate meaning unless you have a rubric for it. And everyone's rubric for that is different. So before you decide to quiet quit, make sure that you're taking the time to look at this with your friends, people who are close to you, your family, a spouse, whomever, so that you're getting input on that and forging a definition of what meaning in the workplace looks like so that you can decide against that whether or not this is a workplace for you or what you need to be doing in that particular workplace. Let's turn the coin over and look at the employer or organization perspective. What should an organization be doing to ensure people aren't quiet quitting on them? The first thing is give what you expect. Pay isn't enough. Employee value propositions are by definition transactional. Organizations must do better. For example, have clear and articulated performance standards and expectations, and then support those standards and expectations with resources, opportunities, and care. It is impossible to expect someone to live up to a standard that hasn't been articulated or doesn't clearly exist. Too many people are quiet quitting because they feel like I'm expected to do what's quote unquote above and beyond, and I can't sustain that. And organizations are turning around and saying, that's not what we expected at all. So it's a core conversation, again, that needs to happen. But if you're treating someone like their job is just to show up, do these things, and they need to give the best parts of themselves on an everyday basis toward the end that the organization is trying to achieve, and you're not reciprocating that in a way that says, you matter, you're valuable. Here's the inspiration for why we're doing that. And understanding that again, life and work is seasonal, there's no way you're going to be able to maintain people's level of engagement and their level of investment over a long-term period of time. It, it just devolves into transactions. So how can you transcend the transactional as an organization, giving what you expect? That transitions us into the second point, which is moving past transaction to inspiration. If I'm an organization, I need to be talking all the time about how important the work is, why it matters, to whom it matters, and the unique contributions that individuals who are working in this space are making to create that for whoever our customers or our stakeholders are. What does that look like for making the world a better place? What does that look like for building our community? What does that look like in terms of the, the benefit that we are to one another in this particular workplace. If we're not talking about that all the time, sure, you can expect people to take steps backward from your organization. You can, you can expect people to take backwards steps from their level of engagement because otherwise it's just, hey, show up, we'll give you a good paycheck, we'll give you good benefits, we'll make sure you get a few weeks off every year, all of those kinds of things. It just doesn't make sense. It's just base level quid pro quo. And that is not enough for something that we spend so much of our time on. We have to have more than that. And organizations need to take responsibility for that. Number three, talk to people and ask them open-ended questions. One of the very best things you can do as a manager or a leader is cultivate your ability to ask open-ended questions. If you do that, I promise you people respond. They respond because people want to find meaning. They want to find motivation. They want to contribute value. They want to have impact. If you figure out what that is for people and you give them opportunities to express that and then you create environments where they can do it, 
you're going to have far less of a problem with people deciding that they're going to quiet quit on you. Number four, focus on what's right with people. I would quiet quit you in a heartbeat if all you ever wanted to talk to me about was what I was doing wrong or not doing well. Focus on what's right with people. Focus on their strengths. Focus on their contributions. Focus on what they're bringing to the organization and what they're bringing to their partnerships and what they're bringing to your customers and stakeholders and what they're bringing to the world. Every single person in the world is unique. Every single person in the world is amazing. But if we're focused on what they do wrong or what they can't do, then of course they're not going to be as engaged. Of course they're going to want to quiet quit. As an aside, there's a great new assessment out called Amplify. It's AmplifyTest.com, A-M-P-L-I-F-I-T-E-S-T.com. Again, I'll put it in the show notes, but this is a great assessment. It could give you a lot of insight into not only yourself, but other people that you work with, strengths and weaknesses, amplifying your strengths, making your weaknesses irrelevant. There's lots of great resources associated with this assessment. Go and look that up. But that's another way to focus on what's right with people. Number five, recognize that output and performance are byproducts of engagement, satisfaction, and culture. Engagement, satisfaction, and culture are the things that we have to be working on as an organization if we want performance, if we want output. We can't just expect performance and output. We can't just say, what are you doing for this business? Because if that's your question, the people's response is, well, whatever you give me, that's how much I'm going to put back. And again, transactional, transactional, transactional. We don't want transaction. We want transformation. We don't want transaction. We want inspiration. We want impact. We want to change the world. We want to make our customers amazed. None of those things are going to happen with a limited engagement purview, with satisfaction that's low because we're just giving people what we think they want because we never really asked them. We just decided this was what it was going to be. And if we have culture or behavior that doesn't support what we say out loud, then it's never, ever going to line up. And that's going to be a problem forever. Number six, explain the why behind everything. People are going to quiet quit. They're going to become less engaged if they don't know why what they're doing is important. If they can't identify that here's a time where I'm going to give discretionary energy because right now it's critically important for that to happen and for this thing to be accomplished. If you overplay that card as an organization, if you say all the time, every month end when you're producing something or every quarter when you have the quarterly stock report or whatever it is, if that's the thing that you're saying, it's really important. It's really important. It's really important. If everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. You've heard that before. So explain the why and really mean it. Don't talk about things that are transactional as the why. The why is not transactional. The why is inspirational. And if it can't be inspirational, then you need to find another business or a way to reposition your business because it doesn't work without the why. Finally, then treat people like people. People are not employees. People are not your greatest asset. People are individuals. They come in with their entire lives in tow every time they walk into your building. Asking them to separate who they are from what they do is impossible. Every time I hear, oh, we should be able to work in a certain way and we shouldn't let our life interact with that, or we shouldn't be thinking about how we interact with people at work or friendships at work or anything like that. That's, that stuff is all crazy. 
That doesn't make sense at all. Every part of you goes with you everywhere you go. So treat people like they're people. Understand that their motivation is going to ebb and flow. Understand that their desire to contribute is going to ebb and flow. And that is okay because they're not your employees. They're not your assets. They're not your anything. They're associates. They're people to be valued. They're people to be encouraged. They're people to be cared about. They're people to be enabled. They're people to help grow. And if you do those things, then people will respond in ways that are practically beyond imagination because people are amazing. People are capable of all kinds of awesome things, but you have to give them a great invitation in order for them to accept that. Otherwise, they stay parked in not engaged. They're going to do just what's required and no more. And there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean that they're not good employees or anything like that. It just means that the social contract is not built up to the point where people feel like they can contribute in that way and excel. If you want more on how to engage your team, how to create that kind of environment, you can go to constantod.com, C-O-N-S-T-A-N-T-O-D.com backslash get engaged. And it'll ask you for your email. You could get a free guide. The three main ways to engage your team. That's a resource you can get totally for free, but it's a good start to think about how do you put those kinds of things together for people so that they feel like there is an invitation for them to be engaged. So there's a pull instead of a push so that people aren't taking steps backwards to quiet quit on you. So bottom line, it's critically important for individuals and organizations to take quiet quitting seriously. It's not new, although part of what's happening and the approach to taking steps back from what we're doing on the job is new, is fresh. And so that's one of the reasons why it's important to examine that, to look at that critically, and to think about what are the practical ways that as individuals and organizations, we can make our workplaces and our interactions better. I hope you found this episode insightful and practical. Join the conversation in our Facebook group, Insubordinate, the podcast. We'll have a link in the show notes, both to that group, as well as the downloads and assessments we referenced in this episode. In the meantime, please share this episode with someone who might benefit from it. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and tune in next week when we'll talk about the difference between management and leadership. Until then, stay with the program.